1: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Time now for the WEEI Producers Show on
2: WEEI. W-E-E-I.
1: And streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app.
2: All right. This is the Wei Producer Show. Tyler Devin, alongside uh, Chris Shine, who is back this week, alongside uh, John Anderson. The Hello. Producer Show. His producer is always by Nickel Pan. And it On, is brought time. To you On time. On by Eagle week. Bank. Yes. How about this guy, Sully in Hyde Park, showing up at what eight twelve? Eight. Uh, it was eight ten. Eight ten. Two weeks Jeez. ago. Yeah. Eight ten. Yeah. I came in hot though. You did come in hot. You ready well, to go?
3: Was, was well. I don't know if you knew this, Sean, Every Saturday morning, I uh, go to an orphanage and I read a few children's books to them. And it ran a little late that week, so. Came in a little, came in a little late. Almost had a similar incident <laughs> today. It was just my alarm going off and making no noise, but I woke up anyway. So I
4: live an hour away, and I can get
3: here on time. It was, it was okay. I've been late to one thing in five <laughs> years working here. Uh, so this I don't is know the, what you people want from me. This is the WeI producer show, uh, boys. We
2: made it. We F- made it. Football season is finally here.
4: Oh God! Thursday night was the greatest night of my life. We don't
2: talk about uh, Salomura or Big Fudge or the, you know, the, the Red Sox.
3: Terrible bullpen, or the power outage by JD Martinez. How many, how many Bills players do you have across your various fantasy teams? Shime, you should have uh, all of them. Actually, it's very rewarding.
4: Fun fact: None. Really, I don't have a single Bills player on three fantasy teams.
3: No digs, no knocks. No digs, no. Oh no, 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 that's a lie. That's
4: a lie. I have one ownership of Dawson Knox. That's okay, well, it. That, I don't that, have that Gabe one, Dave.
3: That one didn't pay off. This no, it week. did not.
4: <laughs> I don't have Gabe Dave. I don't have Steph Diggs. I don't have Josh Allen. I don't have Devin Singletary. I don't have the Bills defense. None of them nothing cooper cup nope i don't have any rams either wow. so i was kind of out on the rams i was uh, very speculative about uh uh, Matt Stafford's elbow. I wasn't convinced that it was healthy. I also wasn't convinced Allen Robinson was going to step on the field and be awesome yeah, what was for, that? for the Rams. The
2: zone, he, zone defense eliminates Allen Robinson from being good.
4: The one thing I thought that would happen for the Rams is Cam Akers would be pretty good, and instead, Daryl Henderson got 82% of the snap share. So I don't really know what's going on in LA. Uh, so I uh, also have zero ownership of anything to do with the Los Angeles. I, I think Rams. Sean
3: McVay just doesn't like Cam Akers because after the game, he said Cam Akers needs to play with more urgency. And he uh, like
4: four snaps. Th-
3: the reason why it's obvious is because last season Sean McVay did that to Daryl Henderson. <laughs> yeah, and it's weird
4: because Cam Akers was just making uh, like making plays for them in the playoffs. The guy came back from an Achilles tear in like six months, which is superhuman, and then played an entire playoff run that helped you win a Super Bowl, and then he gets benched for Week One. I don't get it.
2: So the Bills did not have to punt once again. They're just like anti-punting. That you know, the, the well, to be fair, th- they, they had sense. some
3: turnovers. Is more it, that's not quite the same like them not punting against the Patriots last year uh, in the wild card round? But were the Bills turnovers by like bad? Uh, was it more bad
2: Bills offense or good Rams defense?
3: Um, it was James Cook being a rookie, and it yes. was Isaiah
4: McKenzie not catching a football, yes. and then Josh and then a bad and then bad, bad, a bad throw. So, so really, was more it was more bad, it, it was ran more ran bad, bad
2: Buffalo throw. more than good Rams because yes. Jalen Ramsey, by the way, looked awful in that game. Jalen
4: Ramsey got can we stop, is he by cook? the way? Is he cooked? Trayvon Diggs and Jalen Ramsey, can we stop with this best corner in the league discussion? These guys are getting toasted left, right, and center. And all they want to do is be like, look at me, count my paper. I'm the best corner in the league. No, you are not. Steph Diggs walked in and ate Jalen Ramsey's lunch all week. He said, nope. I'm going to take your lunch money, kid. Go sit down in the corner. I'm going to have eight for 122 yards and a touchdown or whatever it was. Like, stop it.
2: Do you see Steph Diggs was, like, chirping at a Cowboys fan on the sideline? He's like, they got me effed up. <laughs> they got me effed up. Jalen Ramsey, he thought he was that guy. Nah, they got me. Up. Like, he he took it personally. Like, because I'm sure Jalen was talking his, you know, ish going into the game. Like, he always yeah. does. Oh, so. he
3: did. He said, it, he, there was a quote from him before the game where he said, he said something about after the game, him being, like, the best corner in the league or something. Yes. Or but, no, no, it was this mad rating he said you better oh, yeah. move, you better he make said to Ocho 99. Cinco they said you're gonna make me a 99 after this game
4: and instead he should be like an 85 yeah. like he should he should drop 10 points instead of gaining four AJ it Terrell
3: was, should be a 99
2: <laughs> it's a separate Terrell, conversation though
4: great cornerback for the Atlanta Falcons
2: so if you guys uh are betting men which you know both of you are you love to bet down in the NFL you're damn right any sort of football I know you guys bet on uh so if we were to bet the Patriots season I'll start with a big picture one with the uh, AFC East no one, I think, has been in the Patriots at plus 500 or plus 550 to be first or last. I think that's fair. But could I make the case they would finish third? Like, that seems like the very safest bet. The Patriots finish third behind, of course, Buffalo Bills, who will clearly win the division, which I think there's almost a chance the Bills could go like 17-0, and 16-1, like all-time historical season. Give them maybe one loss, but they're absolutely win the division. No no problem at all. Patriots, do you think there's any chance they finish second? I think Miami is clearly ahead of them, which they will show tomorrow. I think they win by a touchdown or more. But I think I think the Patriots finish third at plus one forty. That's that's my bet for the division.
4: Yeah, I uh, I I very much believe that it'll be Bills, Dolphins, Patriots, Jets. And by the way, prior to the season, prior to game one at least, you could bet on exactly how the AFC East would finish. Uh, and if you picked it so that it was if you just assumed that it was a lock that the Bills would be first, the Jets would be last and the Dolphins and Patriots would be somewhere in the middle yep. both of those bets switch back and forth, Patriots, Dolphins or Dolphins, Patriots in second, third, you could have made it plus 250 or plus 240 put a hundred spot down on each of them and you're walking away with a minimum of $140 just for reference by the way um, and so, but I am firmly in the camp that I think it will be Bills, Dolphins, Patriots, Jets, I just I don't buy, I don't And a
2: sliver of me actually Uh, entertain the thought, if Zach Wilson was healthy, best-case scenario, and then you also make a worst-case scenario for the Patriots, both of those. I actually thought there was a chance the Jets could be better than the Patriots at one point, but now with Zach Wilson going down, Joe Flacco being their guy for, what, four or five weeks, probably not happening, but the Jets are going to be better this year. They're not going to be the tomato can that Dan Johnnessy would call them.
4: Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're going to be Great. Six and
3: 11, five,
4: six and eleven, five and twelve, maybe. I, I don't know. If
3: Zach Wilson's good, uh, unfortunately, they're just kind of putting that off now. Yeah. yeah, with well, not not that they're doing it intentionally. It was it was the injury that's more so doing it. But by the time he even steps on the field, it might be week five, and it's like you're, it's almost like you're starting. You're not starting from scratch. He obviously played most of last year before he got injured, but he was injured down the stretch last year as well. It's like they're already at such a disadvantage with that. But is. Tomato uh, can- the question is, is that, and it's kind of similar with the Dolphins, and I'll tie it back to the Patriots Dolphins thing, but like with the Jets, like, is Zach Wilson just going to take to that offense, which is, as far as I'm concerned, it's the Shanahan offense. We now have three of the four AFC East teams running, <laughs> running that football? offense. So if Zach Wilson just. Gets the ball to Brees Hall or Michael Carter or Garrett Wilson or Corey Davis or whomever Elijah Moore, then it, it, it it's really hard for him to mess up. Like they are, it's 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 getting plain pasta with butter at a restaurant for Zach Wilson <laughs> this year, and it's kind of similar with the with the Dolphins. Like obviously, this game will be a very big tell for whether it's, I know it's Week One, but it'll you know just having that head to head win will be a big tell for whether it could be Patriots or Dolphins, second or third. I think they play again like in Week Seven. I want to say maybe it's later in the season. I forget, but um. Like our, So the Patriots are are putting in this this 49ers, whatever, Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan offense. So are the Dolphins. I haven't heard anything about if the Dolphins are having as tough of a time with it as the Patriots are. One I've thing heard I, none of that. I, I haven't heard anything. One thing I do know, I've heard Chase Edmonds has been a really good fit for their offense. Yep. Obviously, Raheem Mostert doesn't really need that to be put in for him. Yep. And then Jalen Waddles banged up. And then Tyree Hill. Tyree Hill, We heard Devin McCourty talk about this week how Jonathan Jones has had a very good track a record of sticking with being able to run with Tyree Kill. Do the Patriots put McCourty over the top and have Jones stick with him if Waddle's banged up? Is that something they're more comfortable with? Who, Are they comfortable who do you fear with Tua? Uh, who do I fear more? Isn't that obvious? Yeah. So then Did you, you ask me if I fear Tyree Kill or Jalen Waddle more? You asked the question. Do you want to put it? <laughs> no, his, so kid, yeah, no, well, he asked no. the no, question. But, no, I'm, I'm thinking as far as game plan for this game goes, does that does that lead to the Patriots of winning course. the game? That, look, you take Tyree Kill out, Jalen Waddle's banged up. Dolphins don't have a phenomenal offensive line. I know Tua's undefeated versus Belichick. I think those games have a lot more to do with everything except Tua in those games
4: I think what I'm most worried about though is is you mentioned it Chase Edmonds Raheem Mostert like these are I'm more scared of the running game than I am necessarily Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle like those guys are going to get I I don't think the Miami Dolphins offense is going to be predicated on those deep balls like Tyree Kill is accustomed to in Kansas City it's going to be more short and intermediate passes and hopefully they make yak because those guys are yak machines um So I think you can do a decent job at bottling them up and and containing them at least and preventing that yards after the catch. But what I'm more worried about is is defending the run. You guys stunk against the run last year. Jonathan Taylor came in and stomped right over you. He stomped
2: everyone, though, to be fair.
4: Fair, but at the same time, the Patriots were never great against, I mean, Dearness Johnson looked awesome against you in the first quarter, and he was the, what, third string running back for the Cleveland Browns? Oh, and
2: he held my fantasy squad that week.
4: Like, oh, Thank like, you, Dearness. Like there's, LeBron there's, tweeted at him. Even uh, in, in the Tennessee game, was it Dontrell Hilliard oh. Like, had a great game against you? Yep. You were awful against the run last no year. No names
2: beat up the Patriots last year. And you
4: year. didn't really make any steps to improve that, and I'm very nervous about Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert just running for like 200 yards in this game.
2: Well, up the middle you have Devon Godchow and Christian Barmer, which is pretty good, but your edges are the problems. Because, I mean, Matthew is a good pass rusher, but can he stop the run? And you have nothing on the second level. So what's stopping these yeah. guys
4: from, once they get to the second level, faster guys like Edmonds and Mostert are just going to just break off chunk after chunk if they can get to that next but that, level. That,
3: that's why I bring up the Dolphins also trying to transition to this, uh, to this new offense with... Players that may not necessarily have run that before. And granted, I don't know the exact history of every single offensive lineman on that team. I know Teron Ar- Armstead is basically the only blue chip lineman they have. And that last year and the year before, they basically like they have these guys like Liam Eichenberg and Jesse Davis. Or Jesse Davis might not be there anymore, but like Austin Solomon, Jackson. Austin. None of them are, are sticking in the same spot. And they yep. keep having to switch them around to try to get them to do something. And, that, I mean, that might – if players like that – and, and you have Patriots who have the Patriots who ha- are reportedly struggling to learn this new offense with linemen who at least have track records of like being good in the position that they play. That's why I question if okay if if it's such an issue with the Patriots. Wouldn't I, I would think that that's also an issue with the Dolphins. And I haven't heard anything about it being an issue, but uh, I don't know. I, I think I, I think I'm talking myself into the Patriots. Yeah,
4: we uh, we talked to Mike Giardi on the Six you should, Rings. You shouldn't pod. do that, John.
3: <laughs> you should not do that.
4: We talked to Giardi on the Six Rings pod a couple days ago and. Uh, he kind of tried to lend some insight into what's going on in Miami camp. He now he he has some questions with the offensive line, but I don't think quite as many as John now has that he's talked himself into over here. Um, he 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 did mention how Austin Jackson and Liam Eikenberger kind of question marks, and then Tyrone Armstead is your real one kind of lockdown guy on that offensive He's, line.
3: That's not even but, to his blind side tackle either, right? No. He, he plays left he tackle. Plays yeah, yeah. So it's like but, Austin Jackson's the blind side, right?
4: Yeah, but even at the same time though, like this line is still better than it was last year. Even having, even moving these pieces around by just adding Teron Armstead and adding that one like rock to that line, this line is now better. And they're getting and Austin Jackson is a second year guy who, according to Mike, the the Miami franchise is very much invested in and likes Austin Jackson a lot. Um, and so I'm curious to see exactly how this comes together. Uh, again, the the Shanahan offense might be the most QB friendly offense in football. So. At least for Tua in game one, it's probably going to be easier to adopt this than whatever the Patriots are trying to make Mac adopt.
2: Uh, back to the betting the Patriots season overall. Uh, regular season wins, over under, eight and a half. Where's your money going? I go way under. I think they're a seven and 10 team. I think I said eight and nine on the website. Eight nine? Yeah, I have under, under, under. I've you bet- had the lowest of I think anyone on the website. I've
4: bet the under. I challenged our listeners to bet against me and fade me because I have bet so much now to the point where I'm just like a- anything that I win, I'm just going to donate to the Jimmy Fund because <laughs> if I lose, I'm going to win a million listeners a ton of money, and I don't, I, I feel pretty confident in the fact that it will be under.
2: So then, obviously, you would bet on the Patriots at no minus one seventy five to miss the playoffs. Uh, yes, to make the playoffs,
3: plus one forty five. I wouldn't place the bet. The odds aren't good enough for me. But yes, no. I mean, I mean, uh, yes. I would vote no.
4: Yes, yeah. I, you, I, I you,
3: no, you would vote yes. <laughs> no, uh, yes, I'd vote yes, no. Yes, no, yes. No, okay. no, yes. Regardless, uh, the I have another point that I just thought of. By the way, Go ahead. maybe because um, because Shine brought up, we were talking about Zach Wilson earlier, and I was like, oh, Zach Wilson should like, uh, you know, I, I kind of assumed that maybe he'd be good right off the bat, and Shine just said the same thing with Tua in Game One in this new offense. Go back to when Aaron Rodgers or. Matt Ryan played in this offense for the first season. Wasn't very good. Took them a full year. Took Aaron Rodgers a full year to grasp this offense. It didn't take Jimmy
4: G a full year too, to grasp this offense, though. Uh,
3: Jimmy G played outside of the structure for those five games, I will say. Because a lot of those games, he was winning those games by like running away from pressure and just throwing a dime and in the end zone take, against bad teams. And it but, didn't take
4: Aaron Rodgers a full season. It took him like two
3: weeks. No, it took him a full season. They went. Th- the they won
4: thirteen games with yeah, Matt Lafleur. They,
3: oh, they went. They won thirteen games. It wasn't the offense doing it. Okay. It was it was not the offense doing it. Go go back. I, I'm telling you, Sean. A, am I forgetting like a
2: bad Aaron Rodgers season or something?
3: Thirteen. That hit the first season with uh, with Matt Lafleur. Yes, they went was thirteen that 2019? three. 2019? Twenty nineteen. Their defense was insane. Aaron Rodgers did not have a. Well, he might have had like a a good quote unquote year. Thirty five. He, he 10, was not. It 4, was 000 not. 000 he was not a top ten QB in the league that year. He was not. You're
2: saying Aaron Rodgers played an NFL season where he was not a top ten quarterback? Yes. Four thousand yards,
4: twenty six touchdowns, four interceptions,
3: twenty six touchdowns. Aaron Rodgers only threw 26 touchdowns in a in a season where the Packers won 13 that's games. That's a top 10. That was a defense. That was a no, defense no, no. That's, season. That's a top 10 quarterback. Yeah, I
4: mean, that's a top 10 quarterback. All right. Well, okay. So I don't care 25. if
3: the I don't care if the number is 10 or 8 or 7 or 5. He was not Aaron Rodgers that season. It took him a full year to grasp the play action offense. Go back, he, there are quotes from him that season of him just bitching about the play action offense. Matt Ryan, same thing, twenty fifteen. Matt Ryan did not play very well in the twenty fifteen season. Both of them came back the following year as MVPs. I'm not saying Tua or Zach Wilson's gonna MVP gonna be an MVP. But next also year. this isn't exactly saying,
4: Kyle Shanahan's offense either. No, no, That's the I, I, thing too.
3: I, I understand, but well, neither was the you can make the case that every assistant is gonna have their uh is gonna have their whatever, Own their version. little their little tweaks to it and everything. But at its warm. at its core, it is they... Kyle Shanahan, Mike Shanahan, play action, heavy zone running offense. If it took Aaron Rodgers two years, I don't think Tua is really going to get it in the first year. I don't think Zach Wilson is real. Well, Zach Wilson at least had last year as well. Or, But maybe there will be just a bit of a more of a curve. But also maybe Mike McDaniel knows that. Maybe he's a better coach than we're giving him credit for. And he knows that and he's going to tweak it a little to make it more to a friendly. And I
4: think the thing, too, built in, though, with the difficulty for the quarterback in the first year, maybe, is the fact that the run game takes a massive leap forward. Like that is that is a a staple of every Shanahan offense since the dawn of time. Is that the run whatever running back it is, whether it's like Clinton Portis or no Sean Moreno or. Alfred Morris or whoever it is, they're gonna they're gonna run for a thousand yards because that's just what they do. Which <laughs> also requires Mitchell.
2: a good offensive line. Do the Patriots have that? I'm not convinced. The not pa- convinced. I don't
4: I don't think the Patriots have a good offensive line, no.
2: And by the way, he mentioned the Aaron Rodgers season, which wasn't top 10, 4,000 yards, twenty six touchdowns, four interceptions. Yep. That would be an over for Mac Jones yards. He's at thirty eight fifty in Vegas. Uh twenty three and a half touchdowns, that'd also be over. And he'd be the under on the interceptions, which is twelve and a half for Mac Jones this year. That that seems like a sure bet. Under Mac Jones, twelve and a half. Picks. I disagree. You think he's going to be a pick-happy uh, uh, again, guy this year? And,
4: and this is this is the issue with a lot of people right now, is that I say something like this, and everybody just assumes it's because I dislike Mac. and I would like to reiterate, I think this offensive line is a hot pile of garbage. I don't think they know what they're doing. They don't know their blocking assignments because Matt Patricia's too busy trying to call the offensive plays, but he's also the offensive line coach. They don't have Dante Scarnecchia anymore. I feel like that position group is an absolute disaster right now, and because of that, That then affects Mac Jones because he is seeing ghosts and is jumpy and doesn't know what to do Mm -hmm. and leads to interceptions like that one in the Raiders game where last year he wouldn't have made that throw and he wouldn't have thrown that interception. Interception. Whereas this year he he's seeing ghosts and he throws it and it's and it's going the other I mean, way.
3: Tom Brady threw sixteen last year. So if people lose their minds about Matt, but Tom throwing, Brady and,
4: and, and Matt Stafford are throwing that many interceptions because they throw the ball a million times. Tom Brady threw the ball over seven. I know, but
3: times I know that. But the the people out there who are just gonna take that one stat and use it to denigrate the player is like, okay, well Brady also threw that. What do you think of Brady? Oh, well, you know, he had all this. I'm not saying you. I'm saying, uh, the, I'm saying the people. Fair. I'm saying the people, the person on the text line right now asking why we aren't talking about the quarterback. It's because like, we're men. We realize that it's the quarterback is dependent on everything else. It's yes. not just the quarterback within a... Boys become men when they're able to talk about quarterbacks in a way that actually take into account the things around them.
4: What Joe Burrow did last year with one of the worst offensive lines, the worst offensive line to ever make a Super Bowl is an aberration that doesn't happen. John po- pointed this out to his credit multiple times last season. A quarterback had never made the Super Bowl when his offensive line... Al- allowed 50 sacks it doesn't happen i'm a man joe, I'm burrow. joe burrow just happened to be the aberration because the weapons around him
2: were still freaking awesome and don't bet on it happening again yeah, exactly uh worst offensive of wine i've ever seen last week boston college against rutgers holy crap <laughs> I, almost, I almost went to that game i didn't go but watched it, it. Th- yeah i watched it did not bet on it thankfully but phil Dracovic, who's supposed to be like a, a top 15 pick this year top 20 pick as a quarterback. He might die on the field this year, at BC. Like it's so sad what he has to play behind. Like that is a yeah, like, sad, sad offensive line. At Boston. There were a ton College. of
3: Rutgers fans in the diner I had breakfast in. Was there really? Week. Yeah, ton of Rutgers fans. By the way,
2: Rutgers played three quarterbacks. None of them was their actual starting quarterback. He was ruled out. They played three quarterbacks. One was a tight end. They ran a wildcat play for like twenty percent of their plays and Stay some hills <laughs> in the game. They still beat BC. Uh, this hour, the producer show is brought to you by Eagle Bank and John Anderson has your trending next on EI.
0: We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
1: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. WEEI. We are right back to the WEEI Producers Show.
4: Streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app.
2: At Boston? That's Chris Schein tapping his foot right
4: now. I'm so happy. I love this song. I asked Nick to play this as a rejoin today because the song's a banger. It slaps. It I got a text at like 7.30 bang last it. night from Schein. Hey, I'm re- requesting, no, demanding you play Dua Lipa tomorrow. Yep.
2: Did, I was on did, my did, way home from Wormtown Do all three Brewery? seats
3: get a music request on this show? Is that sure. The, what, John, what do you want? to do that. I'll, I'll think about it for next break. Okay. Did you have the intro? Uh,
2: okay, I had the intro one. like okay. a few months ago, yeah. It's okay. uh, Red Jumpsuit Apparatus. Yes. Okay. False exactly. pretense. Very good band, live would one hundred percent recommend you go see them. Would live. recommend. There you go. Would recommend. Which, by the way, speaking of the live music, I think my next show I either want to go today to go see Red Hot Chili Peppers, but I'm trying to find a cheap ticket because, like, I think hundred bucks a Fenway, is Fenway, right? Oh,
3: fire off, with, fire off I, tax I, upstairs. <laughs>
2: I, I probably could, but you, you pull that card a bunch. I'm, I'm not really one to pull that card very often.
3: Asking for tickets. Um. I mean, I've I've spoken to the people in charge of the tickets. You're many very times, familiar with those people. I think people. they, I think no, they, right. yeah, they're like, they're like, yeah, we don't care if you ask. See,
2: I've never seen a show at Fenway. I'm kind of like apprehensive because like it's so big. That's I don't a wanna, good venue. I don't want to sit behind the Red Sox dugout and and like stare into center field a half mile away to see the the stage and like watch the show on the video board. Yeah, I, I feel like a show at Fenway would not be all oh, like great. Am I wrong See, about that? I've
4: I've had a lot of fun. I mean, granted, the last time I was at a Fenway concert was for Motley Crue Def Leopard, and we had seats like right there on the floor, right next yeah. to the Humble stage. Brag. So, I mean, my girlfriend paid an arm on the leg for those. Those were not free. It's yeah, not the
2: radio she, producer salary.
4: No, she paid for those like before we started dating. So it was kind of it kind of worked out that the go. concert just got pushed back a bunch. Um but like it was an awesome show. I thought the environment was cool. I also I've seen Zach Brown at Fenway before. Good show, good, yeah. um, And I, you know, I know people go to Fenway all the time for these concerts, so I, I think it's a pretty good. Venue I would overall. say try
3: to get. So I've seen, so I've seen Foo Fighters there twice. Once I was super close as the Broken Leg Tour. It was raining. It was incredible. I saw Jonas Brothers there once, and I was sitting on the the State <laughs> Street Pavilion, and it actually was pretty good. For really, because you're, you're super high up, so you're like that makes sense, you know. And they also had like the big catwalk that I don't know what the Chili Peppers will have if it's just the stage. They had the big yeah. catwalk that comes out to the smaller stage uh, in the middle. That they were utilizing quite a bit, and also like from you know you you get a view of everything. So yes, you have the big screens as for kind of a close up, but you still get everything there. And they were pretty cheap too. So I, w- I would look at that, Tyler. Uh, text one
2: 37937 Dua Lipa the most overrated musician. Oh, she's stop. just hot. That's not it's a classic at all. anti-pop star take.
4: Dua Lipa is fantastic. She
2: is she is very hot, and she's also fantastic. She is an both can be true.
4: Exceptional musician.
2: Uh, next text. AJ Terrell is the best. I'm sick of that big mouth. Jalen Ramsey. I like Jalen Ramsey's big mouth. He makes it entertaining.
4: Did
3: I, did I text that him? Uh, I,
4: I, <laughs> yeah. So, fun fact about Jalen Ramsey. I'm pretty sure this was going around Twitter uh, a couple years ago. He said uh, Josh Allen was a trash pick. Um si- since then, Josh Allen is three and zero against him. I was there uh, for, that night, by for the over eight hundred yards. So,
2: but that that take was true at that time. Josh Allen was trash,
3: and that draft pick at that time looked like trash because he did not
2: dominate college football
3: at all. He good. He good now. I mean, he basically just trashed everyone in that interview. It was uh, it was Mina Kimes' feature with Jalen Ramsey, where oh yes, that, that's when That's when that. everyone found out that uh, golden that Golden Tate's uh, sister is the mother of Jalen Ramsey's child, and then you know things yeah. uh, went on from there. Which, in that relationship, which uh, thank you, Mina, which which culminated in the fight at center field uh, two years ago between Golden Tate and Jalen Ramsey when yeah. Golden Tate was on the Giants, but. Um, he, uh, yeah, he was. She was rattling off quarterback names, and he was just ripping all of them. And then she got to Blake Bortles, and he goes, he pauses and goes, "Blake, do what Blake gotta do." Blake, Blake, my guy.
2: Blake, my, <laughs> Blake, my quarterback. Uh Jalen Ramsey, miscover that guy. Uh so one guy who uh, covers the Patriots a lot is Dan Shaughnessy. He usually craps on um, the crafts a lot. So maybe there's like a mutual hatred here between Bill Belichick and Dan Shaughnessy, who both do not like the crafts apparently. So. I don't know what the motivation was for Bill Belichick to accept a Dan Shaughnessy exclusive one-on-one interview. Like, can you guys tell me when the last time you ever saw a Bill Belichick in-season one-on-one? Like, this never, ever um, happens.
3: I think I think Henry McKenna wrote a story about, like, Steve Belichick a few years ago, and it was pretty good. And Bill, like, after it got published, like, answered the thing and actually gave him some exclusive quotes that he put in there, but that's all I can really think of. It's,
2: it's I don't know what he's trying to accomplish here, but one of the questions that stuck out to me, guys, was... uh From Dan Shaughnessy, what about the fact that Matt Patricia and Joe Judge have zero experience calling offensive plays? Here's the response by Belichick. I don't see it any differently than it was the last 22 years. Look at our other offensive coordinators. We had Charlie, then Josh, and Josh had never called offensive plays. Billy O'Brien, who succeeded McDaniels, had never called plays in the NFL. Josh came back. We've changed coaches in every area multiple times. Does that... Quote from Belichick make you feel any better I mean, about? Was, hey, we've done this before, so we're doing it again. That was seem was
3: Bill changed. O'Brien the defensive coordinator left and became a head coach for another team? Got fired and then came back and then was the offensive and was coordinator? Was Josh
2: McDaniels the special
4: teams coordinator? No. Went became a head coach, got fired, came back and became your quarterbacks coach?
2: All of those examples he pointed to do not correlate to the one that's going on now. No, none, none
4: of them do. Like that's that's the thing and. And that's kind of what bugs me, and especially with a lot of like the the diehard Patriot fans, it's like ah, I trust Bill, and it's like, yeah, but if it wasn't Bill Belichick, wouldn't everybody be calling this guy a a, a boob like for
2: doing this? Even like, Mike Greenberg said that he's like, if his name was uh, Bill Schultz, we'd say this team sucks.
4: If this if this was uh, yeah, if, if this was literally any other coach on the face of the earth, everyone would be destroying this guy like whether it was Brian Billick or Joe Gibbs or any other coach ever you would be absolutely spearing this guy with with crap because he is just like this is something you don't we've never seen it before for a reason. Like this hasn't happened before for a reason. It's not
2: a natural track of progression.
4: No, that's not how that works. Like Josh was an offensive assistant and a quarterbacks yeah. coach, and then eventually, yes, he didn't call plays, but he came became an offensive coordinator. That's okay. That is the right progression. Like if Nick Kaylee was your offensive coordinator this year, I'd be like, okay, Makes that's sense a too. sensible progression. I can buy it. But that. he's not. Instead, you brought back a defensive coordinator who wasn't even a great defensive coordinator. He was fine. He wasn't great. Then he became a head coach because he worked for Bill Belichick. He stunk as a head coach. He took a playoff team. Universally and made them hated, worse. by the way. He was hated <laughs> by everyone, and now he's your offensive coordinator. <laughs> I don't
2: Blueberry. get it. And he's serving two roles and he has no experience in one of them. So don't get
3: me wrong and I'm not about to say I like the idea or anything. I'm I'm you know the take out there is that it's stupid. I, I agree with that. I think it's stupid. But I but I also think people overrate uh the the he doesn't know offense part of it. I think a lot of coaches know a lot more about coaching than I think a lot of people give them credit for. Like people look at you look at Belichick and people are like oh he's a, but he's an off he's a defensive coach. He's a defensive head coach and even other place in the league like mike zimmer or when when even when patricia was on the lions or like shanahan's only an offensive right. coach. like no, they, they, these guys know both sides of the ball they defense
1: do. is different than offense <laughs> a great point
3: but i don't think matt patricia has experience drawing up schemes I, uh, maybe he has experience executing a scheme but no i, I don't like it doesn't mean i like him as a play caller still but it, it, part of that take should not be he doesn't know offense because that's also not true
4: yeah my biggest issue is the play calling like it's Prior to the game, the game plan, Bill Belichick's going to be helping establish 90% of that anyways. Like, he's going to be helping take care of that process regardless. So, it comes down to, on game day, when you're calling plays on offense, he has never done it before. And calling plays on offense and defense, a little bit different. Like with offense, you need to make sure you you have that play in within the first what? 10 seconds so that the quarterback can get to the line of scrimmage and check out of anything he needs, set his pr- protections and get ready for the play. Like you you he, you need to allot him enough time to do that. And and so there is a certain rhythm and planning ahead and preparation that comes with the offensive play calling. That I, I don't know. I don't believe that Matt Patricia will be very good at.
2: Do you agree with this analogy? Like, I think of an offensive coordinator as like training wheels on a bike. Like, so f- people were talking this offseason about Brian Dayball leaving the, the Bills and what's going to happen to Josh Allen? Is he going to fall apart? Like, I always thought, no, like, he's a made man. He's exactly who he is. He doesn't need an offensive coach to really prop him up or hold his hand anymore. That's really important for the first three, four, five years of a quarterback, really in his rookie uh, contract, you know, that five years. Once Josh Allen became who he is, which he's a monster now, he doesn't need Brian Dable to hold his hand anymore. So for the Patriots now, with this critical time to develop Mac Jones, they're giving him two boobs and you know
3: Patricia and Judge seems to be like punting on a, a year of development, which is really kind of scary. Well, I I think what Josh Allen does need though is an offensive coordinator who's still going to call like a an offensively sound offense. Like yes, if if they, if they brought in Anthony Lynn. And he started running like a power run scheme and decided that they wanted to be like a balanced offense and just run 50-50 run pass just for the sake of doing it. Instead of doing things like, you know, throwing the ball to the running back out of the backfield on design plays and like, yeah, like doing things that are, you know, you, you know, using multiple tight ends and stuff like that. Like that, like that is what I, I do think Josh Allen needs that. Now the thing about Mac is unfortunately I'm not really sure Mac's gonna get that. However, you know, say what you want. If Bill Belichick is truly the guy, whether he's calling the plays or not. Bill Belichick's one of the most analytically sound uh, coaches in the NFL of the last 20 years. And maybe that's maybe that maybe that's something he took from Charlie Weiss when Charlie Weiss came in, and then that sort of stuck with him. Whatever it is, he has been one of those. It's just that it's the Patriots, so they don't really talk about it, so nobody nobody really knows that he is because uh just sort of the the cloud of secrecy there for the Patriots. But the one thing that I, I think, you know, whether Patricia takes a second longer to get the plays in or not, that, that will suck if he does, obviously. I, I don't think you're going to undo how smart Mac Jones is. And I think Mac Jones is going to be uh, changing the plays and checking out of plays uh, at the offensive line. Probably, I don't, I don't know if anybody tracks that anywhere across the NFL, but he's he's got to be hard to track. He'll probably do it like one of the two or three most times this year for any quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, I think... You're the, not going to undo that part of Mac Jones. Yeah, I don't see, I think gonna, that part's
4: very overrated. I think you are... Overrating his all, all I all all we hear is his intelligence left and right. Rare and then, football brand. and then has to, he has to come out and tell you, "Oh, Belichick smart." I'm also smart too, guys. <laughs> when a lion doesn't have to tell you he's a lion, like I don't.
3: Did he say that? Yes, he, I, he, I missed that. Ben. He
4: said that in in his press conference this week. He said Belichick smart. I'm smart too.
3: He's one of the most brilliant people I've ever
0: been around in terms of football knowledge. So. Okay. D- tell that's him I'm not the cut,
4: but about Maddie. Yeah. Uh, regardless, he uh, he he said Belichick's a really smart guy, and I'm smart too. You don't have to tell me you're a lion if you're a lion. A good king doesn't have to tell me he's the king. Like it's. I don't think that has a lot to do though with him just like going out and
3: switching a play though, like saying no, I'm I, smart.
4: I I, I I am not. I'm not saying it does, but I'm saying that I think this whole he's this really like u- uber intelligent guy is really overrated because we've seen a lot of very smart guys in the NFL that aren't successful at the position. Daniel Jones. I I don't know that I would well, necessarily there, go to Daniel Jones as my first example, uh, he, but
2: that, when it was coming out of Duke, it was like, oh, David Cutcliffe, you know, quarterback academy. He's got this big football brain. He's been terrible.
3: But the thing is, we've already we've already like seen Mac under jojo So if it was if, if it was what you're saying, where it's like, okay, he's smart, but then it hasn't translated to the field. Like Dan Orlovsky is an extremely smart guy, and Dan Orlovsky will tell you, like, he was how, the quarterback of an 0-16 team, right? Like how like uh, not not to make it about me or anything. I was kind of smart when I played football in high school. None of that ever translated to the field, but yeah. in the meetings, I could. I could light up anybody else in the room because I just knew more than them. It's the same with Dan Orlovsky. I think Mac Jones has both of those where he has that and it's already translated to the field. And I think checking out of plays is going to A, has been a major part of most of the best offenses of the last however many years of the NFL. Like, not saying Mac Jones equals Peyton Manning or Tom Brady, but that is one thing that they do (laughs) quite a bit. And the best QBs do that quite a bit as well. Um, yeah, but but I, I think that's going to be a major part of the Patriots' offense this year, and borderline like they might any chance they have at at, uh, at success is going to be dependent on Mac Jones doing But all that. we heard last year, he's a really smart was... guy, and um,
1: we're both smart, and we.
4: So I, I, but you you say that you think he's going to check out a, a ton. He didn't do that a ton last year. He didn't have
3: to. Yeah, Josh McDaniels. It,
4: but that's my point. So how do you know that he is going to accurately and effectively check in well, and out I, of this? Well, I,
3: I don't know. I'm, I'm, you're, I'm you're assuming. I'm projecting because he's smart that he will be able to do that. You
4: think he's this. Uh, but, like, that's, that's, see, this is my point. Is everybody is just assuming he's smart and, and he's going to be this fantastic pre-snap guy. But we have no evidence to prove that. He didn't have to do it at Alabama. He didn't have to do it his first year in New
3: England. Well, like, it's not, what he ha- didn't not have to do it. He just didn't do it as much as he's going to have to do it now. Because that is, that is built into play calling to some degree, where it's like, all right, we're sending you to the line with this, but if you see this, this, or this, then check to this, this, or this. And that's not something he didn't do last year. No, I'm not to saying To be fair, he you I'm and I didn't have he... the plays, so we don't exactly know, like, for sure, yes, he did it a million times, no, he never did it, but it's you know the truth is somewhere in the middle there.
4: Yeah, sure. I, I agree, but I just feel like everybody is assuming that he's just going to be fantastic pre-snap, whereas... I don't think there's Not enough ev- evidence to I, I, that. I
3: think you have to be good pre-snap to be somewhat successful in a McDaniels offense, and I think he already showed us that he can do that. So I think it's fair to assume that he can do that again and maybe build on it a bit more. And it'll stink, it'll stink if the initial play call sucks, and like that that might be something that holds him back. But uh, I, I trust him. He's, he's like the brain dude from uh, what movie is that? Is that Despicable Me with the brain guy who looks like Curtis? Oh, no, Megamind. Megamind? Who no, that's, is that its from. It's that's its own Oh, movie. it's its own thing? Okay. Yes. It's from Megamind, John. Yes. Uh, Megamind from Megamind. But also, Batman again, from Batman.
4: they tell us this is going to be a different offense, too, so I, I don't know that necessarily any of this pre-snap checking in and out thing is going to be the same, similar, or completely different. Wait, you're so saying it's,
2: it's a new offense? What? That's what I'm told. That's I heard what de- I'm de- effing told. Every,
4: every single effing day, I'm told... You guys are overreacting. It's going to be a new offense, even though in the preseason, we didn't really see many new concepts. It's not like they're changing from uh, RPO heavy to, to play action heavy to to, to, to to option heavy. This is It's the same thing. Dante Skarniecki has said they've run outside zone since the dawn of time. He's run outside zone his entire career here. It's nothing new, and yet they're still struggling immensely.
2: Uh, this hour of the W E I producer show is brought to you by Eagle Bank. The final segment is next. Eagle Bank.
1: Now, we're right back to it. The WEEI producer show on WEEI.
4: And streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app.
2: On the Wei Producer Show. This sounds
3: like uh, I, I heard you say, but it sounds like Yellow Card. Yeah, no, it's a pop punk band. Grayscale. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I can get down with it. Unfortunately, they're Eagles fans though. They're from Philly. Every time I've seen them in Boston, like, they make a. Comment. Hotel
2: California Eagles. No, no, no. no.
3: Philadelphia Eagles. Okay, okay. Yeah. They, they, always, they always make a, they always make a comment about uh, about the Nick Foles Super Bowl, and we're like. You know the Patriots did beat the Eagles in a Super Bowl too. Yep. And you know, you know, track record of franchise. I think the Patriots have a uh, have the tiebreaker here. I have
2: the advantage.
3: <laughs> How about Nick Foles having a statue though? Which is it'll always
2: like surprise the you. the that, thing. The
3: city of Philadelphia has a statue of their backup quarterback and a coach who they let go <laughs> two years later, and then a fake boxer. Yeah.
2: Well, I like, hate they're,
3: the uh, f-ing Eagles, man.
2: They don't have much in Philly, so kind of just let them yeah. get, get yeah. what they have. They are the rudest
4: city in America, too, according to a survey. Yes.
2: Uh, I want to have one more of this Belichick uh, quotes from the Dan Jaughnessy Bazaar one-on-one exclusive. still have no clue why Belichick would ever grant exclusive to a guy who's ripped the Patriots for 20 years. Uh, where did this go? Does Belichick have people asking him when he's going to retire? Belichick said, quote, I get the uh, the question occasionally. I don't really think about it. To me, it's about this year. Worry about next year, next year. I don't really think about next year or five years from now. I've got a lot of work to do trying to help this team in any way I can to make us a good and competitive football team, which I think we are, but we've got to prove that. That was Bill Belichick. The, the key line here, guys, I think is, I don't think about next year or 5 years from now. Do you think he's lying about that? I think he is. I- if your GM not thinking about next year or even 5 years down the line that's negligence
3: in your job. No, I don't know if he's. Well, he not, might not be referring to being a GM. I think he might just be referring to his retirement thing. But, shouldn't yeah, those, shouldn't he, those play uh, into well, each so other?
4: I don't know if he's lying necessarily, but at the very least, he's being consistent because he said it. You to don't us know if he's on lying the, on the. No, no, no. I no. I, I, he said it to us on the Greg Hill show as well. He was directly so he's asked, lying twice, and he said he specifically said he goes to be honest with you. I'm just thinking about this season and this week against Miami. It's like liar! I don't look ahead Time past this year.
0: You, know, you Damn liar.
4: I don't look ahead past this year. I don't look five years. I don't have a plan. He's like, I'm just trying to win the football games. And and I think in his head, he has a plan, and he's not going to tell you. But I don't know if outside of, like, Linda, anyone else knows that plan. Like, I don't think his kids know. His
2: bosses should know the plan.
4: I don't think they do. My my assumption would be he has a plan in his head, but he tells no one so that he can continue continue to say, I'm just worried about this year and this game, and uh, I don't have a plan.
2: Easy answer for him, but if his bosses don't know the plan, then that should invite his bosses to hold him accountable for when this thing fails, like, and fails miserably, which I'm kind of with you, Sean. I don't know. I'd, I'd go 6 and 11. I'd I'd go 7 and you know, 10. Eight, 8 and 9 is my max ceiling. Like, there's no way this is a winning team. So Absolutely really no way. a guy with a plan.
4: So, Andy Fitzy and I did a, did a kind of like a uh, a workshop where it's like, okay, in if everything goes right for this team, how good are they? And I figured, ah, uh, if if everything goes right, they might win, like, 10, 11 games. But if everything – also, if everything goes wrong, how bad are they? And to the point where I was like, if everything goes wrong, it's like you win three games. Uh, that's how much variance, I think, is in this that's season. That's wild. It is, is I just think that there is so much – like, there's a – you could be anywhere from picking first in the draft to being a, a playoff team like i that's how much variance is in this team this year i think
2: who are they if they are we'll say a worst case scenario who are they in the afc basement with it's them people probably still throw the jaguars in there although i think they're going to be better than most people think yeah, who the else jets, would be there the texans, the, texans the jets
4: um i don't particularly love the titans this year um, really? Yeah, I. I'm, I'm You're kinda, off the Tannehans. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Tannehans is dead. I love Ryan. I wow. love Ryan Tannehill. I always will. John, the your Tana-sons.
3: response. Well, the, it's not like, like we said with the quarterbacks. Texter earlier, it's not Tannehill. Like their O line is was going to crap starting last year, and I think this year it's going to be even worse. And now the defense was already going to crap. Andrew and traded then traded AJ Brown and Harold Harold Landry tore his ACL. Yeah. And then yeah. they're developing. I guess Robert Woods is their number one receiver, and now they're trying to develop Traylon Burks to replace AJ Brown. There's not a lot going around Tannehill that's going to be to Tannehill's benefit this season. uh,
2: Is Bud Dupree still alive down there? They gave him like 85 million dollars. Did he go to the
3: Chiefs? No, he went to the Steelers, didn't he? Oh, he went from Steelers to Titans. I'm mixing him up with a different DN, but maybe he's still there. But still like 80 million. Harold Landry's their best pass rusher. He's done
2: for the year too. The torn ACL, right? Yeah. I I just I can't buy that line from Belichick. Like I don't I don't think about it. Like he may not want to tell us he's thinking about it, but if you're not thinking about next year as a 71 year old GM. Then you probably should hand over the GM job to somebody else. Which I'm not even opposed to that happening. Like people want to say Matt Patricia. Uh, what?
4: Oh no, God! I would. <laughs> I here's. I, I'll make this statement now. If the if the the keys of the Ferrari get handed to Matt Patricia, I'm I'm done. I'm Ho- done with the franchise. I will, yeah,
3: I'm hoping I'm that Trey Lance doesn't work out, Kyle loses his job, and then he replaces Belichick <laughs> as the next head coach and GM of the Patriots. Wouldn't you
2: rather have Matt Patricia be the leader of you're the laugh. football operations kidding. than the OC? That's why I'm
4: laughing. I'm sorry, what?
2: Wouldn't you have Matt Patricia rather be the, uh, the football operations leader than the offensive coordinator? No! I don't want God, him. I don't want please, to do with no!
4: Him. Yeah, I just I want nothing to do with
2: him. You think he could be worse than Belichick is now at building this team? Yes. He, How? Oh, did you see him in Detroit? It was... Awful, bad. But he never had a quarterback. Bad. Never had a quarterback. I, he had Matt Stafford. That's right. He did. He did. I, he I, had I, Matt I kept thinking he had Jared Goff for all those years. No, you know, like he only Jared Goff like one year. He you know, like only Jared Goff like one of those five years. He didn't he even there. have
4: Jared Goff. No. No. Jared Goff got traded there after Patricia was out. Well, the, to, oh, wow. to be fair, we don't exa- we don't
3: that. exactly know the division of responsibilities between him and the GM. We don't know who said to draft what? Jeff Okuda third overall. Who was,
4: who was his GM? At yeah, the he got He was a former Patriots guy, wasn't it? Yeah, Brad. Whatever. Or Brad. Brad, Brad Quinn is that his name? I don't remember. Regardless, I, 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 he may not have had a ton of Dan Quinn. uh like John said, authority over drafting and giving Bob out Quinn. contracts.
3: Bob Quinn. Bob Quinn. There we yes, go. It's Bob, that's Quinn. What I Bob Quinn. Um, I thought.
4: Regardless, I, I so I, he may not have had a lot of say in that. But regardless, I don't. I I don't. I want nothing to do with it. I want. I want. I would like Jonathan Kraft to hand select a brand new regime, whether it's Kyle Shanahan or whoever. Kyle. I want. I want if Belichick leaves, if and when Belichick decides to retire or is asked to leave, I want a, I want you to s- start from absolute scratch.
3: There
2: are people who say, "Oh, well, let's fire Belichick because he can't draft," or you know the team's falling apart. He can't have the offensive staff around Mac Jones. I think the first step before ever firing Bill Belichick, which is an absurd statement to even say, is to probably strip him of. You know, like kind of like reduce his roles. Like don't have him be the football operations leader. Go back to being a football coach only. Well, there was
4: a theory floating around for a little bit too. And I know Andy had pointed this out. Like guys like Mike Mayock would just happen to be kind of around training camp. Like could a guy like that, a friend of Belichick. Who oh. has exp- I'm not saying Mike Mayock exactly. Oh. I'm just saying a guy like that. I'd rather have
3: Matt Patricia. <laughs> a friend
4: of Belichick who I mean, May- Mayock's has been like- around front offices for a long time. Could he step in and help with those GM roles?
3: So the, the like, the, like what I was just saying with uh, with Brad was it Brad Quinn Bob Quinn Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia Billy Quinn like the Gruden Mayock thing is interesting because like they're like I've 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 I've. This, I haven't seen this in a report or anything, but I've heard people who possibly have informed opinions say that Gruden was sort of in charge of the early round picks and Mayock sort of got to do the end of the draft. Which he nailed. And, yeah, look at the discrepancy between those two. Max Crosby the, versus
4: Cleveland Farrell. Yeah, Cleveland exactly Farrell,
3: Hunter at. Renfro versus, like, Jonathan Abram. Like, just, like, yep. the, the hits that, they, that the Raiders have gotten the last few years. Like, that's why the Raiders are still relevant. That's why that... they they haven't been completely tanked by that era of just missing on every first round pick was because they were hitting on all the picks later in the draft and if Gruden really was the one who nixed Brady and Gronk to going to the Raiders then something tells me uh, Gruden had a lot more to do with the personnel there than I think people because people people will look at that and be like oh well but Mayock was the GM he was a GM he's he's in charge of all that. It's like, no, that's not always true. And you yeah. don't always know what the you don't always know what the division of labor is. But the
4: Davises the gave all that money to John Gruden because he's John Gruden. Like they're not gonna give him all that money and be like, Yeah, no, you don't get any say when it comes to personnel.
2: Right. I think he gets another chance? John Gruden's kinda like back on the scene. He was talking to the Little Rock touchdown club. Meh.
3: Kyle Shanahan he and says and Mike he's Mayock. a good person
2: because he's been married for 33 years. So and he goes to church. He goes, yes, he's a no church, one, church goer. And he's been church married really
3: re, signif- significantly. Uh, never had any sort of controversy or anything. Nope, never. No, no character
2: flaw. He's, he's a man of faith. And yeah, there's man a man of faith. There's a deep drive by Castellanos to left field, and uh, that'll be a four to <laughs> two ball game.
4: Four 0 no- I don't know if four I'm four putting on this headset game. again.
2: You shouldn't. Uh, this is the Wei Producer Show. John Anderson. Uh Chris Shine, Ryan Garvin's back next week. I'm Tyler Debitt, the producer shows produced as always by Nickel Pan. If you're just now joining us, hit the Odyssey app. There's a very fancy rewind button on there or the on-demand section on WEI.com. Ken and Curtis, I see them in the walk in the hallway right now, walking around, and they're up next on WEI.